Welcome to the East Main Media Podcast, a series of conversations featuring leaders in a variety of subjects, including business, politics, media, and the arts. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com forward slash podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com and by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. We're back with part two of the conversation with voiceover talent and Tai Chi instructor, Harry Legg. Now here's your host, Brian Brodor. A mutual friend of ours that I, if I'm correct, I introduced to you. Yes. An actor, writer, producer, Alex Aldea has dabbled in voiceover a little bit, but you've coached Alex, and he's done some voice studying with you. I wanted to briefly mention Alex has been here for a podcast with me, and okay. uh, he enjoyed doing a hairy leg imitation. Or, Did he uh, really? Person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, would you like to do an Alex Aldea imitation? Well, you know, I would, but he didn't have any lines in that Rome special on CNN. Oh, the so Pope, I don't know how I could. Most uh, yeah. amazing man in history special. And he didn't have a speaking role, you mean? We're just ripping on you, Alex. Yeah, having fun. It's all in love. It's all, yes, that's right. From under the bus, Alex Aldea. Okay, we'll see if that makes the cut of the podcast. It will. It will. Maybe, maybe we'll just send it to him and troll him. Um, okay, so segue. Speaking of teaching, yes. right? Left turn. I would like to speak a little bit about your martial arts experience. Okay. Because there are some through lines between your voicing and radio experience and your path and your studying of martial arts. So specifically, I know that you work in Tai Chi, but you've studied for a number of years now. Tell me a little bit about how you got into martial arts and what it means to you. Well, when I exited... WKTU, mm -hmm. that's the proper term for getting Fair the boot, okay, okay. <laughs> along with half the staff. I had a personal trainer, and I was working out. Well, what's the first thing you cut when you lose your gig? Holy cow, I, mean, I can't afford the pricey personal trainer and all that yeah, sort of thing. Fair enough. So I sat in my studio for a good while, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Do I move for another radio job, or do I stay here in the New York area? I just bought a house a year prior, which they say is the radio guy's curse. Buy a house, you'll lose your job. Happened <laughs> to me. And after a while of sitting in the studio, I, not in a clinical depression by any means, but like, oh boy, you know, uh, not working out, a little weight gain. My partner says to me, you need to do something. And I, I wasn't really enthralled with going to the local gym and just lifting weights again and that whole routine. I kind of had done it my whole life. And martial arts had interested me, but I had no idea, you know, if, if it was right for me or not. So I went to, around to a bunch of schools thinking that I just wanted to lose weight, learn to kick and punch. It would always be, you know, it would be cool to have some self-defense skills. I found a school in New Milford, Body Mind Studios, who taught eight different martial arts. They taught the fundamentals of them. And I stayed with them for just about 10 years and learned quite a bit. I have to give them a lot of credit. But while I was training there, I met a master level teacher, like world renowned master level teacher. His name is Richard Clear. And when I touched hands with him, which is what you do in Tai Chi, it's called push hands. I felt energies, I felt qualities, I felt skill that 
I had not felt from anyone anywhere. Wow. And I felt it from his students as well. This was at an event I went to in Albany called the Tai Chi Gala. I just ventured there on my own uh, one weekend and wanted to see if I belong around a bunch of other martial artists. Because you don't know, you're in one school, you're in their little shell. And what would it be like? I was blown away. So I slowly started studying with him, buying his DVDs, and then traveling. He's uh, based in Tennessee, suburb of Knoxville, to see him regularly. I left the school I was at in, in New Milford, and I am now one of his senior regional instructors because uh, I'm a nut job with it. And I don't just, oh, a couple days a week, I do my, it's not a hobby. Right. It's the other did, side of my life. Right, you're dedicated. Um, yes, and being that I work from home as a voice talent with my own studio, right. there's a lot of flexibility to train, practice, teach others, you know, in between stuff. And if I'm correct, in your studio space at your house, you have your audio production studio mm -hmm. space, basically adjoined to what is a dojo, right, which is a workout space. Yeah, I have another room where I train and teach. Absolutely. I mean, is it calling it a dojo the right word? Uh, it could be. It, it depends. Uh, yeah, know. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, so you have these two parts of your world connected right there under your roof. Yeah. So, can you tell me about being an audio podcast? Right? Can you describe the push hands? Can you describe what that means? Sure. So in order to do that, I have to give just a little quick background on yeah, Tai Chi. Please. So yeah. Tai Chi, most people think of it as just the movements, what you see people doing in the park. They frequently misunderstand and think it's just an exercise for seniors. <laughs> it is so not just that. It's one small component. It is a deadly martial art that also has huge health benefits. And you can certainly just learn the health side if you want. But I can talk about that too. But Where so, did it originate? China. It's Chinese, China, yes, right? Okay. Yes. So in order to talk about push hands, what you have to explain to people, and this is frequent, very frequent, that they just do what we call form, which for you to understand would be the choreography, right. the movements. The movement, okay. Right. And there are a whole bunch, it is an internal martial art, not external, like uh, Taekwondo, for example. It's not hard, bone on bone, right. which you can't see me doing this here on the mic. I'm yeah. like hitting myself like it's a block. Tai Chi is soft, flowing, joining, adhering, sticking. It's a whole different way of fighting on the martial side. And if you are just practicing and just learning choreography and nothing more than that, you're not really learning Tai Chi. Hmm. I hate to say that. You don't make friends saying that to people because they think they're getting Tai Chi because they're learning these funky movements. Right. Now, let me jump in there. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's plenty of places where you can go sign up for a Tai Chi class and you're going to walk in. I assume you're going to walk in and do these movements like you see people doing in the park. And that's not Tai Chi is what you're saying. Okay. But, well, well, so. Yeah, I, is, I, want to, I want you yes, to clarify that. It's that's a Tai point. Chi form. But are they just teaching you what we call empty movement? Right. Are you just going through the moves? Or are they teaching you all the body qualities and body states that go along with it? Are you learning deep root? Are you learning internal spiraling? Are you learning internal wave? Are you learning condensing, contracting, and expanding? Are you learning upper and lower connection, central equilibrium? All of this stuff is what makes it Tai Chi. It's not the movements. Right. You might as well go do ballroom dancing or, or any type of movement. <laughs> yeah. So they're, like everything in this world, there are now online groups. 
for whatever it is you're doing. So there's Tai Chi groups online on Facebook and, and so on and discussion groups. And you'll frequently get people going, is there such a thing as bad Tai Chi? And there will be these arguments that no, there's not such a thing as bad Tai Chi. So here's my answer to that, yeah. which we'll get back to push hands, is okay. If you're going to be sitting on the couch with remote control and stuffing your face, or you're going to be getting up, going somewhere, socializing, and going through empty movements... Well, yeah, yeah the empty movements better. are yeah, better, sure. but it's not Tai Chi. And so all of those body characteristics that I just kind of rattled off mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah. are part of it. Sure, spiraling. Yeah. If Yes. If you're just doing the choreography, you are deluding yourself into thinking that you have substantial skill with all of those qualities I just named and many more. If you don't touch hands with another person and test that, the laboratory for Tai Chi in your skill level is push hands. And now a lot of people will say, well, I just want it for health. I don't want it with push hands. I don't want to get pushed. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's explosive, strong, tournament-style push hands, but then there's proper, very, not that that's not proper either. That's, all, okay. that's kind of right. another topic. You can play very soft. So I have my private students, and I have a senior citizens group I teach ah. at the Verona Community Center. All of my senior citizen students do push hands. They get it. They know that to test their root, if I have them standing there and I gently put my hand on their chest and I can move them. You've demonstrated this to me. It yes. was fascinating. Yes. It was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, so explain that. That's really, really Well, it's, it's something that's really hard to do without video and without feeling it. So here's another thing I'll say. When you're looking for proper Tai Chi classes, the teacher needs to teach you through direct transmission or at least with the senior student. Like you felt me. Yeah. You then understood what I was talking about because you could feel it in me. Sure. But if I never let you put a hand on me and I said, oh, Root, I'm relaxing, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's so not you, tangible. Yes, yeah, yep. so you have to have a teacher that you can feel all these qualities with. If I may, I'd like us to describe what you did in the parking lot here with me. You explained it was about being grounded, and mm -hmm. did you use the term root? Rooted? Yeah, root. Okay, so I probably first showed you proper posture. How if I stood sure. up straight, yep. what we consider here to be like uh, you're saluting and you're standing up straight, yeah. you put your finger on my chest and just push me right back right. because of that posture. But if you release your lower back as if you're sitting on a park That's bench right. and you get rid of that curvature back there, then, and it doesn't look like you have bad posture when you're doing that. In fact, it still looks kind of normal. You go to push me then. It's not that I'm indestructible, but it's like, oh, wow, that's much better. Yes, that's the proper posture. And that was want. a very simple example. Very simple. So that posture is good for your health and helps with proper energy flow, which a lot okay. of people are afraid to talk about. They think you're getting all new age weirdo if you talk about energy. Not the case. It's tangible. We're made of energy, electricity. So the question is, how much can you manipulate it in yourself and in others? Hmm. Have at it. That's where the fun begins. So what I had you do was put a hand on my chest. Right. And I stood there just kind of normal, even in the proper posture. And I said, go ahead and slowly, I want you to be able to feel, push through my spine and move me. Mm -hmm. And you did. And then I said, okay, let's do it again. And then this is the part you can't see that doesn't really translate, but right. I'll give you an audio version of it. I kind of went, ah. Down right. into the ground yep. and really relaxed. But you did not see my physical body moving up or down. It was all inside my body that I melted into the ground. And then you went to push me and you're like, what the heck? Could not How move you. Yeah. yeah. That's proper rooting. 
And there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do with the root. It's a whole body of study. Sure. Just root. Sure. So if you're doing your, your form, you're learning Tai Chi, do you have root in your form? Or at any point in your form, could I just walk up to you with my pinky and move you? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. So in your Tai Chi form, you should be learning root, using that as your tool to practice. But then when you walk out of class, do you still have root? Could somebody just knock you off your feet? No, you, you want to have root. You want to be relaxed. And that relaxation, which is a much deeper level of relaxation than most people could ever realize that they could have, is part of what helps you with lower blood pressure, fewer headaches, less inflammation. The laundry list of things that Tai Chi helps you with begins with a deep level of relaxation. And you have to feel that from someone generally in order to get it. And then we take you further and further and further. So as good as I was for you in that demonstration, well, yeah. my teacher, my master level teacher goes, Harry, you're kind of in high school with that. And let me tell you, it goes to the PhD level. So you're not done working with Root. But you got it really well compared to most people. Right. Most Good. people don't get any of it or very little. Wow. And that's just one example of dozens of examples sure. of things that go on in Tai Chi that are what makes it Tai Chi. Now, there's one other little tangent I've got to get on because please. it's a yeah, personal please. like, Arr. and there's politics to this. So I'm going to be very careful. Yeah. If Tai Chi is being advertised to you as being good for arthritis, which you will frequently see that, you need to ask that teacher or that school, how is it good for arthritis? Because if they just say, oh, well, we, we teach you the form, and, the, you know, and they won't use the word choreography, but I use that for people that don't do this, so you sure. fully understand. It's called the form, Got it. the movements. Oh, we teach you the form, and, and you know, we'll help you with good posture and things like that. Okay, but how is that different than maybe ballroom dancing or any other type of movement I might do. Right. There's a specific energetic component that you teach in Tai Chi that is specific to lubricating the joints in your body to help with arthritis. Wow. And so many places do not teach this fact. Uh, my parents live in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Local community center there had advertised a Tai Chi program, and they advertised it as being good for arthritis. And my mom asked me if she should join it. I said, yeah, let me, let me look into it. I want to see what they're teaching and so on. I call, and I get a hold of the instructor. And I'm you know, very polite, of course. And I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Uh, my mom's thinking of taking your course. I'm a Tai Chi teacher in New Jersey, so I can't teach my own mom except when I see her once in a while or, <laughs> or sometimes via Skype or whatever, which actually happens. And I'm just curious, you know, what you teach. And I asked him the, the length of the form and what style it was, and he didn't have an answer for me. Uh. And then he goes, well, no, I think it's like 12 moves. I'm like, um, oh, okay. And I asked, do you teach proper energy? And I don't want to get into this because then I'm giving people the answer that don't deserve the answer if they're not teaching it. Right. Do you teach the thing yeah. that does this? And he goes, oh, no, I find, you know, when we talk about that, it scares people off and they run. We just move and have fun. Oh, there you like, go. Like, oh. And he goes, but I've been teaching for 35 years and this program has been put together by a physician and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So that is endemic in yeah. the Tai Chi world. I'm going to be making a video very soon about you don't know what you don't know. Right. So here's how to find a proper Tai Chi teacher and or proper Tai Chi school. And I'm going to lay all this out for people because you can get ripped off if you want to really learn Tai Chi. And it hurts Tai Chi if you do it and you just get empty form. 
and you're not thrilled with it, and then you got a friend asking you about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I did it. I, I did Tai Chi, not really, you know. Well, oh, man, it's because you weren't taught the real stuff and the, and the cool stuff. And so it harms us. It's watered down. So you'll be studying this the rest of your life. Oh, there's no finish line. Right. My teacher is still learning things. Sure. Every time. And his teacher, I've gotten, uh, one of his teachers, I've had the honor of training a bit with his 82-year-old teacher, right. Uncle Bill, who is another world-renowned martial artist, and he is still learning. And his skill level is amazing. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. Can you give me a little bit of background about Richard Clear's path and how he became the master level and you were studying underneath him? Richard Clear grew up in a very bad neighborhood in Dayton, Ohio. Hmm. Gang-infested neighborhood. And starting at 11 years old, he needed to learn how to protect himself. So he took very serious martial arts training early on. Kind of when I was beginning in radio, he was beginning, you know, uh, with learning martial arts. And at 18 years old, he, I believe, if I have the story correct, he started learning Tai Chi as well. You wouldn't think someone that age would be learning Tai Chi. We always think of that as for older people. Younger people want to kick and punch and be hard and whatever. But he had a very highly skilled Tai Chi student uh, do some really cool, wicked stuff to him which I, I can't show on a microphone, so no, we'll just no, leave right, it at that. Right, sure. And he was like, whoa, yeah, what, what are is you that? doing? Yeah. I got to have that. But he had been studying martial arts, maybe Already karate for, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. other kung fu yeah, and things of that yeah. sort. And so this, um, this, this other this high-level student blew his mind. blew yeah. him away. Wow. And he wanted to learn that. And he went to his teacher and said, I want that. But <laughs> yeah. um, well, a guy from Dayton, Ohio, he had to sort of seek this out, right? There, you know, there are martial arts schools all over. I think he was very lucky yeah. in having some really high-level practitioners right by where he lived. Fair enough. We, you don't know what you're going to get. And I don't want to make fun of any particular place, no. but we will jokingly call them the McDojos, where it's all about running you through the program, getting the monthly fees, testing you, charging for that. And and in hey, three years, you can be a black belt. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, that's great. a problem. And, and, and if I'm offending anyone, I'm very sorry. But that's wow. when you've been studying it for many, many years at a very at a high level and with really high level people, you can't help look at that and go, oh, boy, I hope they discover that as a black belt, you're only supposed to have a core competency in the art. The public that has nothing to do with martial arts hears black belt and they think, oh, you're a, a bad. Uh, yeah, you know, watch out. Yeah. yeah. Mm, not so much. You That means you have core competency. It's, at least that's what it should mean. And there's no standardization. You're a black belt at one school that teaches oh, one thing yeah. versus a black belt at another school. Well, one may have absolutely nothing to do with the other. It just doesn't. Right. They're just giving you a belt and you're paying the fees. Right. And it's according to their curriculum and, and whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about being a student of Richard Clear, but now also being a teacher, you know, tell me how that path has evolved for you, you know, bringing this to students. 
So when I started this, of course, I never dreamt that I'd be teaching martial arts. I was just a student and I wanted, I just wanted to lose weight. <laughs> I had no idea how deep it went and where it would take me into the healing side besides just the martial side. It takes you all sorts of places. When did you know you were hooked? Where was that place where you said, wow, I'm in? I think probably when I went to the Tai Chi Gala and I met Richard Clear and I touched hands with a bunch of his students as well yeah. and saw the larger community and saw even more how deep it went and, and then saw how there was term after term after term flying over my head going, I have no idea what that is, what that is, what that, what? I thought I was learning Tai Chi. Okay, so hold on. So that's curiosity, right? So you had to be energized and curious about these things that you didn't know about, right? Right. And how much of that was also the community element? Well, there's a big community element. It's given me a huge social network of new friends, fellow instructors now for Sifu Clears. But I also saw the good that it was doing for me. And in a way, more than just going to the gym. Right. So I do not want to make fun of going to the gym. It's no. an awesome thing. But there is a difference between, hey, this week I got to move up another 20 pounds. I can lift another 20. Awesome. All right. Yeah, that, that could be good. But with this level of martial arts, what it does for your mind, for your self-confidence, mm. which admittedly I wasn't lacking thanks to my parents and all the support I had over the years is that wasn't a problem, but it still gives it to you and it translates to the real world. So if you can endure these crazy kung fu workouts and hardcore holding positions and, and doing things that are really strenuous and you can have fellow students in a mostly safe environment, but you have signed what we jokingly call the death waiver, the insurance policy thing, <laughs> if throwing, you die, throwing yeah. punches and kicks at you and you learn to deal with this and protect yourself and maybe do the same to them. And then you're, you're at work or you're in a, a situation where you see somebody who doesn't have that same level of training physically. You watch them mentally wigging out at things that eh, just aren't a big deal. You look at it and go, yeah, if I can deal with that, why am I going to let this jerk at work mess with me? Or this client that's a real pain in my butt really mess? No, no, whatever. I'm, I'm above that. And I don't mean above it in a cocky way, but like I can deal with this. Right. So here's a good quick story from Body Mind Studios. One of the things that they taught me that I really, really liked was frequently people are going through real personal drama, trauma, troubles. For me, it was when I lost the job at KTU. And then as I'm at this school, months later after losing the job when I started there, the reality of this house payment that I have to make really set in. Sure. And they talked to me about how students frequently will have an issue. Maybe it's a divorce or, or some other life like really difficult thing. Sure. And their excuse will be, well, I just, you know what? I'm, I, I just can't come in and train. I just, uh, blah, 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 blah. and their answer is, wait a minute. So we train between, let's say seven to nine at night, uh, give or take. Is there anything from seven to nine at night that you are doing that will affect that situation? If the answer is yes, awesome, okay. go do that. Right. But if you're just going to be sitting on your couch going, uh, blah, you know, watching Jeopardy, well, then get your butt in here and train. That is going to help you. You may not be able to see it, but it will. So the mental side of this 
is really strong. Mm. And there's just one example. There are many more. Sure. Versus I'm just going in and lifting weights. And yeah, for some people that's catharsis and it's good for them and, and awesome. And working with other people because it's not as solo as just going to the gym as well. Right. That's what interested me about the community aspect. Yes. That when you experienced Sifu Clear's event and you were there with other students and mm-hmm. of all different levels, I would oh, imagine, yes. yeah. you all shared probably at least one thing, you know, it was this, this interest and curiosity in Tai Chi. Absolutely. So, I mean, that must have resonated. Totally. Yeah. I want to follow up with a, a couple more questions. I wanted to ask about kids, uh, younger students, and is there a, an age that's too young to start Tai Chi? And I'm pinballing this with you because if I recall correctly, you do teach some kids Tai Chi. I don't teach Tai Chi to kids. Okay. Kids in general need to be a bit more rambunctious. They need to kick, they need to punch, they need to develop motor skills and a coordination level, agility level that comes from a lot of that sort of practice and training. It's very hard to take, let's say, a a five-year-old or an Mm eight-year-old and put them through Tai Chi. You can teach them the empty movements. We've done a little of that, but they don't have the mental capacity there would be a very rare exception right, to right. a really young kid that can like really do Tai Chi. You will see every once in a while cool videos on YouTube of usually Chinese kids mm-hmm. doing some Tai Chi. And it's like, wow, look at this. Awesome. They're starting at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. But I guarantee you those kids are also doing some hard style kicking and punching and, and, and you know, rolling around and stuff like that. Yeah, fair enough. You usually do wait till you're more on the adult side for that. So uh, I briefly want to come back to this idea of being a student of a master, of a Sifu, and then becoming a teacher yourself and how that transition happens. I I think I interrupted you, and I I wanted to hear more about that. Well, everyone, you're always a student, regardless whether you're teaching, so that that should be a given. Um, But there comes a point in your training where your teacher should be telling you, when you're ready, Mm -hmm. you need to go teach. Now, that does not mean you need to start up a brick-and-mortar school and and be formal. But in order for you to really double down on what you have learned, what you think you know, go teach it. Right. And whoa, will that increase your skill level and make you really re-examine everything. Because Tai Chi is so complex and deep, you are going to get questions like you you weren't dreaming of. And, you know, you're not going to give crappy answers to your students if you don't know. It's like... You know what? That is an awesome question. I'm going to look into that. Then I get Sifu, uh, you know, and I ask him the question. And and, and sometimes there's a cool thing uh, about my teacher is I might think it's a real simple question and I just do a quick answer. Mm. And I get a half hour lecture on, I'm like, whoa, okay. I didn't know it was that deep. Wow. So I'm very fortunate to have that, the intellectual side of it too. So uh, learning to teach has been phenomenal for me. Right. I really enjoy it turning towards teaching and embracing that yes. will open more doors, further doors yes. in, in learning. Yes. Wow. And and not to sound purely self-serving in that, because there is that. But it also, because of what we teach in Tai Chi, it's a really good feeling to see that you are truly affecting people's lives. Every one of my senior citizen students at the Verona Community Center, yeah. and there's around about a dozen of them, give or take, has come up to me at some point in time unsolicited with a personal story about how what they've learned helped them in a real-life situation. Wow. And that is the biggest win that you could ever ask sure. for when you help people like that. Tell me where people can find out more information about 
you and or, you know, your work with Tai Chi and, frankly, your voicing as well. <laughs> All right. Well, if you, if you want me to voice something for you, I'm represented by Atlas Talent in New York and Los Angeles. You can also go to my website. It's uh, Harry Leg, Leg is spelled with two Gs, dot com. And my contact info's on there along with some demos. So there's that. Cool. For Tai Chi, I'm kind of redoing that website. So right now, I would tell you to please go to Facebook and New Jersey Tai Chi is what to look up, like the page, contact info is there. That phone number is 973-559-3132, um, and that's how you can find me for Tai Chi. I teach semi-private at my home. I have a facility for that. One of the guys that I brought into the fold, who now teaches for me with New Jersey Tai Chi, teaches at Glen Rock Physical Therapy on Saturday mornings, oh. and I teach at the Verona Community Center, the Senior Citizens Program, Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Cool. And I know you've done some teaching, uh, not just to your New Jersey, but around the country as well. Sure. So. I, I will occasionally do workshops. I also have a self-defense program that I teach, right. which is involves Tai Chi, but it's, it's separate from that. And I'll give you the quick two-minute thing on sure, that. Sure, please. When you take a self-defense course, frequently it's free. Like, hey, we're a free women's self-defense course this Saturday f for two or three hours. That school has good intentions. Of course they do. They're also hoping you sign up as a student. Uh, yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, fair enough. But here's what happens if you really want some self-defense, but you are not the type of person that's going to go to a martial arts school regularly and be a student, but you still want to know how to protect yourself. So you take this course. And what inevitably you will learn is uh, 8 to 10 to 12 different things to do. Somebody's choking you. Somebody's kicking you. Somebody's on top of you. Right. Do this, do this, do this. Scenarios. Yes. Right, right, right. And, so, and you do it a little bit there, safely with pads and stuff and mid slow motion or whatever. And while you're learning it, you're probably saying to yourself, oh, this is cool. This works. This is really neat. Okay. Here's the problem. It's perhaps months later or years later when, God forbid, you were being attacked. Those techniques you learned in that two or three hour class months or years ago aren't magically going to come flying out of your body right? because you have not built them into muscle memory. You're not a martial arts student. So my teacher, Richard Clear, has come up with a very specific self-defense system that is tried and tested many times. He's had students that have used it successfully um, where we teach you one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing only. And this one thing will handle all of those situations, including multiple attackers. Wow. It will handle someone that weighs twice as much as you or more on top of you on the ground. So it's called the clear defense method. And that is something else that I teach and give workshops on. Uh, I traveled to Palm Springs uh, recently right. to give a workshop on that. And, and I'll be doing more. I'll offer them here. It's great for families. It's great for college students going off to school, things of that sort. Got it. And, of course, people could see that on your Facebook page and, and beyond. I really yeah. don't have a whole lot about the clear defense method on my Facebook page. Thanks okay. for pointing so, that out. I should fix that. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> but you can contact me through that. Yes. <laughs> so I like to uh, close all my podcasts with the same question from my guests, which is the following. Phone rings, you pick it up have a conversation, you hang it up. And the person on the other end of the phone solved one of your biggest concerns, problems, issues, if not the biggest. Who was it and what did they solve? Well, since my um, podcast has kind of been two topics, can I have two answers? You may. <laughs> All right. They're the first time ever. Two <laughs> different answers. Go. For voiceover, 
I would say it's somebody that has discovered how to get into the heads of a producer or casting director so that when you're auditioning for them, you would really know what it is they want to hear. I can't tell you how many times as a voice talent, you'll get directions on an audition that says, we'd like you to be comedic, but casual and normal uh, uh, talking. Wait, well, wait a minute. How do I be comedic and sound natural and, and normal? And that's just one silly example off the top of my head. Sure. So if I could know what those people want to hear in their head that when I'm voicing it, huge. I'd be landing even more jobs. Awesome. Harry, um, I want it to sound more orange. Yeah, yeah yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. And that's not far from the truth. Um, from the Tai Chi side, mm -hmm. if somebody could say, hey, I figured this out, how to get the general public to not want instant gratification to understand that anything worthwhile takes real work and real commitment. I had uh, a student come into my school once, and about 10 minutes in, it was her first class, she says, so when is this going to be a workout? <laughs> like, you don't really know anything about Tai Chi, do you? I didn't say that, but that's no, what I'm thinking. But, yeah. I had another woman, uh, this was at the senior center, who took a few classes with me, and she comes up to me after her third class and says, you know, I can tell you're a really good teacher, but, you know, my life is boom, 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 and this is just too slow for me. I'm like, um, and I, I wanted to politely say to her, that's exactly why you need this. If you can't slow down for one or two hours a week, oh, you're going to keep your cardiologist in business and some other uh, medical professionals. You need this. But she didn't get it. So if somebody had the magic answer to teaching the public these things, awesome. And you know what? Maybe you are the answer to that. And, and you mentioned doing those videos, and I, I think those would really be very helpful. Yeah, that, that's know? in the making. I hope so. Thank well, you. Well, listen, Harry, thank you for joining me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, but to hear you. And along with the help of our uh, intrepid engineer, JP, on the other end of these microphones, yes. you will be the best sounding podcast <laughs> of all. <laughs> Just from your natural talents. And, of course, I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we could talk for another two hours. Likewise. Thank you so much, Brian. It's been awesome. Really appreciate it. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting. Bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV. Original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to associate producer Morgan Taylor, audio engineer J.P. Conk, senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thank you for listening.